So you were saying? I don't remember. About what? Uh, vegetarian. Oh yeah, I, w- I was thinking about uh, your vegetarian uh, story earlier today, and that's probably why I brought it up because I don't. I didn't. It dawned on me that I, you know, been in this band for a year, and we've been, you know, hanging out and talking about this, that, and the everything. But I never, I never knew your or heard your your story on mm-hmm. how that all came came to be. So it's just kind of a gradual realization that you know what I don't need meat. I'm okay without yeah. it. Yeah, and as I started kind of cutting things out of my diet, I just kind of decided, you know, let's start cutting the meats out. I guess I kind of lost the taste for it. I love grilling. I love cooking. I will grill and cook anything you want quite frequently. Yeah, because you, you grill salmon quite a bit in, yeah. the, in the summer months. Katie eats chicken and turkey, and so I'll throw that on the grill and I've done burgers. So you don't, you don't force stay. her to play along? Uh, nope. The interesting thing is, so, you know, Henry's three now. We've we've had the conversations and we've talked about it, and we've decided, you know, we definitely don't want to push that on him. And at that early age, too, you know, we're very mindful of yeah. the nutrition that he has and all that. And so we've tried to make a point to make sure that he has available and, and has the ability to try any and everything that he wants to. That way he can make his own decision. Right. I think at school, when he's sitting with the other kids in class and, and the lunches that they provide or whatever, he pretty much will eat whatever you put in front of him. But at home, even when we offer him a hamburger or something that's meat he gravitates towards what what we eat uh he loves salmon he loves shrimp my gosh that kid can put away the shrimp yeah i'm I'm a big fan of shrimp sounds like he and i we could be best buds we are constantly telling him small bites because he'll he'll just whoof them down (laughs) (laughs) honey i thought we had shrimp in here we did where's henry Nope, not anymore. <laughs> He's passed out on the couch in a little food coma. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of drool. Well, I guess uh, we'll we'll start back into this one here. Welcome to another episode of Savor the Burn podcast. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. My name is Jonathan, and across the table from me is Mr. Wayne Wilkes. We call him W2. Tonight we are trying rye whiskeys, and uh, uh, in a previous episode, you heard us try the Copper Fox Rye out of the state of Virginia. It's uh, aged one year, and it was very tasty, very sweet. I would 100% try that again any day of the week. It, it was a little hot, but the, the spiciness of the rye was probably the culprit for that hot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was kind of in your face and out of your face pretty quick, and the, the finish was nice and smooth and sweet. I wouldn't put it creamy, but I would call it smooth. Yeah, I think with that one, and I I would venture a guess that this next one is probably going to fall into that category, but I think the the youngness of it plays into a little bit of, of that. Yeah, hot, even hotness. though we, we still had a, a few question marks above our heads uh, over, you know, what does that mean with this aging process? Because there was wood chips involved in the, in the bourbon barrel, whatever it was, and, uh, you know, it just kind of left us with a few more questions. This time, what do you got for us over there? Deep in the heart of Texas. This one is the Balcones Texas Rye. That definitely sounds good. Which, you guessed it, is from Texas. Waco, Texas, to be exact. The great state of Texas. Uh, it says it's aged one year. Uh, it is 100 proof. Okay. So it uh, packs a little bit more of a punch. Yeah, uh, we're no stranger to uh, 100 proof whiskeys, are we? Not at all. I know I've had a few. I'm just reading up a little bit. It says, in addition to a classic Texas single malt and two blue corn whiskeys, Balcones makes a breathtakingly good 100% rye whiskey without the E, whiskey with just the Y, made from Elbon Rye from Northwest Texas. I'm excited to get going on this. You want to pass your glass on over? Yes, sir. Thank you. Reached over and felt my non-reaching shoulder pop. <laughs> These glasses have uh, have worked out pretty well. I went on Amazon a while back to order myself a set of the Glencairn uh, Scotch glasses, and I found a a fantastic deal on on a set of two. And I, so I ordered them, and when they came in, they were the wee versions. They're Glencairn glasses, but they're they're little bitty tiny glasses compared to the other ones. And you know, and the other ones are are fairly petite 
glasses as well. You know, they're they're designed to be a taster. You know, you're not making a cocktail in this type of a glass. Right. These are the perfect size for what we're yeah. doing. So I went ahead and ordered the regular Glencairn glasses, but these are perfect. These give you about a, a shot's worth, just the perfect size for this. Maybe one day we'll post links as to where you folks can get some of your own if you if you uh, feel so so inclined. And I, I think, thank you. I think that that anyone that uh, that enjoys trying to pull uh, as many flavors onto your palate from the whiskey as you can, I would suggest getting this these little glasses. And especially having these little sample packs that I'm getting from uh, the Flavor.com subscription, they're perfect because you're only getting uh, a couple ounces anyway, and so they make for just a great little taster. This particular one, I've actually been reading about it and looking at it for for quite a while now. This is the first time I've had it or going to have it, but I've seen it on their site for a while now, and I'm very excited about it because even though it is a one-year age on it, the tasting notes on the, the nose talk about cocoa, pepper, an espresso and a hint of chocolate. You know, I just oh, there. When you definitely... smell it, it is there. I, smelling the uh, the espresso coming off of a um, of a rye whiskey really really caught me by surprise. I had to look at the notes and see if I was like going crazy, or am I smelling espresso, or mm-hmm. am I smelling like a chocolate coffee kind of smell? And boy, howdy, it's definitely <laughs> here. These guys. Man, if the, yeah, this if, is... the, if the flavor taste on the palate is anything remotely close to what it is on the on the nose, this is going to be incredible. You know, I've got several bourbons that have a lot of different chocolate notes in them, and that makes sense because a bourbon is typically a sweeter uh, whiskey mm-hmm. than a rye. But man, this really has a really strong, good blend of espresso and... You know, it's a hint of chocolate, but it smells like, you know, you pop the, the top off of a lid of a, of a cocoa mix. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm picking up on there. Maybe that's why it took me back to my childhood in Sugar Creek. <laughs> I was like, where am I? Because you know how it goes. You, you can smell something, and the next thing you know, like, you're, you're back at your grandma's house in your childhood. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, this is wild. I get that way sometimes when I uh, smell lilacs. Because uh, she had a, a lilac bush in, in her yard along with other... Speaking of grandmas, I guess I should go back and you know talk about dear old grandma. But she uh, she had lilacs and she had uh, honeysuckle. What's the other thing? Uh, roses. She had mm-hmm. plenty of roses. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to putting this on the palate here. I'm going to take a taste. Man, that espresso and the chocolate still comes through on, on the palate too. It's considerably hotter than I was expecting. The heat sticks with you for a while. Yes, it does. It's not over... Oh. And the finish. There's a little bit of a mint to it. Maybe it's just power of suggestion, but yeah, there's something minty. I don't know if it's peppermint or spearmint, but it's not a medicinal kind of mint. No. no, I'd put it at peppermint. The other one definitely, I, I felt like, had a little bit of that medicinal... Yeah. quality to it this is definitely a it's a mint pepper kind of a taste and your uh your flavor your taste notes here it says uh, tobacco and chocolate mm-hmm. flavor with mint touch followed by pepper and oak yeah it, there's I, definitely some oak on the there. oak i could smell on the back end of uh, after the nose i haven't reached the back end of the taste and and tasted the oak it's still very is effervescent a word that can be used for this? Sure. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's like uh, like menthol. Like menthol cigarettes. If you've ever decided to make a bad decision and try a menthol cigarette, <laughs> it's got like a, when you breathe in, it's got a, 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 a coldness, a, a cool kind of, you know, kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at with the with the back end on this, as far as the tasting goes. Still still no, uh, nothing with the, with the oak. And usually I, I zero in on the on the oak. The finish talks about a robust mint finish with hints of dry oak and cedar. Okay. I'm actually picking up some cedar on there, which is really interesting. And rare. Like yeah. You, you, you never really pick up on, on, on cedar, on, on anything. But yeah, I, I keep going back to the smell. The smell is amazing. And, and the taste on the on the palate, is still, it still gives you some of that espresso and that chocolatey mm-hmm. flavor. Mm-hmm. With that heat, I was not expecting that heat. It's hot. Yeah, it's it, good. It's though. definitely hot. Oh, it's it's very good. Reading up a, a little bit on uh, this distillery, ten years ago, it's a still a 
a young distillery. Balcones was a tiny startup distillery in an old welding shop under oh, wow. a bridge in Waco, Texas. Wow. After it was all refurbished and equipped with copper pot stills from Portugal, a new shiny whiskey distillery was born, and the magic could start. Very interesting. So, That's a really cool uh, so origin they're, story. So they're only around, have been around for 10 years. Yeah, you can... Under ever... a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> under the bridge in Waco. Waco, Texas. Yeah, you can you can almost envision that if you've ever been in a welding shop, you know, there's it's got a certain look to it, a certain smell, a certain mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. You know, there's testosterone everywhere. <laughs> you know, we're all fire and sparks and chipping hammers and you I know. Won- I wonder if it was a welding shop while they were starting up the distillery. You know, I could see that, you know. Sit around you know, working. Knowing and... knowing what comes out of those uh, welding rods after you're like while you <laughs> while you're using them, uh, I would hope not. I would really hope not. I would I would really hope that they moved all that out and then brought in their their copper stills. And copper stills is is great. Like I think copper stilled whiskey, or at least this way, it's that way in moonshine. Like if you've ever had anybody still some uh, some moonshine. Uh, from a from a home still, uh, the copper stills definitely taste different than a stainless mm-hmm. steel mm-hmm. still. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a, f- a fan of copper pot stills. They can be very pricey, but from Portugal, how did that happen? And how did how did that how did they get a a Portuguese copper still? That's a long trip. Yeah, all the way to Waco, Texas. I bet I you know I, there's probably a lot. Of really interesting things in uh, in their in their story, vanilla. Now that I keep talking, I'm, I got vanilla on the far back end of the uh, on the finish. I'm still waiting on oak, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sidebar. But yeah, going. <laughs> I, I really. I bet they've got a lot more to offer in their uh, in their origin story. I'm sure they had to keep it short and sweet because people don't want to get into the nit- nitty gritty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just like just like this whiskey with their story. I bet. Uh, anybody that got a taste of it would want to dive in deeper and get more. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sitting over here already thinking, you know, this is a bottle that retails for $39. $39. Right. I, I'm definitely interested in picking up a full bottle after this taste. Yeah, it's not quite breakfast whiskey, but it's uh, after breakfast whiskey. Mm-hmm. Like if you have some uh, some wheat toast with some butter on it, <laughs> you know, maybe some blackberry jam. I'm a, I'm a fan of blackberry jam. Just kind of. You've had some blackberry moonshine this week too. Oh, I have. I have from uh, what is it? It's old is Smoky. It old Smoky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That I'm. I'm a big fan of uh, of those flavored uh, moonshine. Sometimes like the cherry ones with the cherries in it, mm-hmm. the bright red ones. They, it can taste a little bit like cough syrup towards the end, or uh, you know, speaking of medicinal flavors. <laughs> but um, it's just because like when I was growing up, cough syrup was like you know ninety proof. You know, knock this kid on his ass and put him to sleep <laughs> so he can feel better in the morning. Cough syrup, but I mean, we might as well have been sipping on Southern Comfort. But uh, which I, you know, I don't know why. Maybe it's my uh, white trash DNA. But I, I would suggest having uh, Southern Comfort in your medicine cabinet <laughs> to this day. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy some of those uh, those flavored Old Smoky. Uh, uh, moonshines that oh, they I, have. I love them. You know, I a I, purist would not consider that moonshine whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I can't escape when we talk about moonshine. My sister and brother-in-law live in Knoxville, and uh, we got to visit them uh, a few years back down there. And uh, they took Katie and I down to uh, Gatlinburg, and we did a full day of distillery moonshine tasting. My goodness. We drank a lot of moonshine that day, but it, it, it's super cool. Uh, you know, all the they have all the different flavors. And when you were tasting these flavors, were they full shots or were they like quarter shots? They were they were the small like little uh, com- oh, communion communion cup little cups. Yep, tiny things like quarter ounce. Yep, kind of serving or whatever. But every distillery is setting about twenty of them in front of you, so you know they all have the full gamut of moonshine and. Most of them started you, I think it's Old Smoky, maybe it's Sugarland. One of them's got one that's called uh, Blue Lightning. Okay. That is their straight jet fuel moonshine. Oh, and it's, it's blue? That's not good. <laughs> it needs to be run, run through the still again. Because <laughs> if it's blue, it's got but bad they, stuff in it. They start you with that one, 
which makes you immediately pucker and just go blind for a, a couple <laughs> seconds. And then they work you through you know, all you their different that, flavors. Son, you're going to go blind. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a nickel. <laughs> if you keep doing that, son, you're going to go blind. Yeah. <laughs> Could I just keep drinking it until I need glasses? <laughs> Moonshine, my sister, Knoxville, Gatlinburg, Dolly World is kind of in between the two of those. I have not been to Dolly World. So I have not been there either. Definitely driven by it on that that trip. But my uh, my daughter was just there visiting her. Yeah, I saw that on social. Uh, and I, I haven't. Uh, I'm supposed to meet up with her. I think this weekend and uh get together but she brought some goodies back from my sister so I'm... what is uh what is the little uh, did she knit it or did she crochet it so she she's really big into different arts and crafts and stuff and she's kind of found a love of crocheting okay and she's kind of gotten uh, a little side hobby going where she loves to just create different things and so i sent her a message it was like hey can you make me an old-fashioned and so she i gave her no direction whatsoever okay so I, she looked up I, I basically sent her a photo that i took of of an old-fashioned that i made and okay. i was like here you go yeah crochet that kid and uh and she took off and put a little smiley face on it and it's got a little orange slice and a cherry on top and is it flat or does it open like a koozie or, or what? I couldn't really tell I, from the picture. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, so, okay, okay. Uh, so you've seen as much as I've seen. Yep. Okay. Well, either way, like even if it doesn't open up like a koozie, it's still really cool. In fact, we saw it pretty much kind of at the same time because she didn't send it to me ahead of time. I just, oh, she tagged me on Instagram and. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Surprise. Yeah, surprise. Yeah, she was uh, she down there, the the Old Smoky. And uh, what was the other one? Sugarland? Sugarland. All right, I, at home, uh, speaking of Blackberry Moonshine, I have a jar of both, Sugarland and Old Smoky. Like, I'm kind of weird. Like, I, I like to finish one jar before I start another. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll pop it open and try to do a side-by-side and see which one I like best. But I like Sugarland too. I mean, they've got some. They got some really good flavor. Sugarland's got some good flavored stuff. moonshines. If you haven't gotten into them, you should try uh, what they call sipping creams. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're they're kind of like a like a Bailey's type of a yeah a, a liqueur cream. I've had one of them. I I think it was Sugarland. It was a sipping cream. They have blanket a, on the flavor. They have a dark chocolate. Okay, that's, the, that's exactly what it was because I was putting it in my coffee. We, we, yep, we've got a jar upstairs, and you know, and it comes in the mason jar. Yeah. And when we were there, we bought several things, but one of the things that we bought was they sell a mason jar lid that has a pour spout stuck yeah. in the top of it. So we have that. So once you get it, you take the lid off, you put the pour spout on, and you're good Makes to go. Makes it a lot easier to pour. I mean, it's either that or just put yeah. a straw in it. And- <laughs> <laughs> Which you could do because it's that sippable. It's that. It's that. It's that good. It's so good. Like you said, it's just like Bailey's, but it's not. It's different. It's made yeah. out of moonshine. It's a moonshine. <laughs> yeah, it's got yeah. a different kind of different kind of kick to it. Yeah, it's it's definitely not your full 120, 150 proof moonshine. Yeah, 150 proof slap in the face. I've got but, some really hot moonshine that my buddy Moose gave me. But, it's, but like, it's it's still a little bit hotter than uh than your Bailey's. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely a different taste. Good, good stuff. Just like this uh, Balkanus Texas rye that we found in the Flaviar here. What kind of uh, rating would you give this one? Uh, man. We started doing that the last time and, yeah. and uh, over at Mitch's. Yeah. And uh, I think that was a good idea, and I think I think we need to kind of continue yeah. kind of wrapping up and, and talking through, you know, how would we rate this? I would, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, the only thing give, uh, pulling me back away from giving it a solid 10 or a solid 9 is the amount of, uh, of heat that the was heat. in it. That draws me back. But it wasn't, it wasn't like uber <clears throat> offensive. It didn't stick around and just, you know, punish you the entire time it was there. It lets you know that it was there and it was screaming in your face for a couple seconds. But after that, it was okay. So I, I don't know. I'd put it, at, but the, the damn, the, the, the nose and the, and the tongue. And the mouth on this that was, espresso and chocolate is fantastic. I've never, I've never had a rye whiskey on a rye whiskey like this at all. And the the rye, I think, kind of took a bit of a backseat um, to this because like it, it wasn't as a that uh, rye whiskey you can expect a, a peppery, mm-hmm. a black pepper, white pepper kind of flavor uh, punch to it. It really the the rye really took a backseat in this 
in this uh, in this Balcones, uh, Texas rye. Would it be safe to say that you would favor this one over the Copper Fox? I would. I would just because I'm a huge fan of chocolate and uh, espresso and you know things of things of coffee mm-hmm. but uh that's just a personal thing so i would give it oh fuck it i'd, I'd give it a solid eight and a half you okay. know loaves of banana bread <laughs> banana bread <laughs> but yeah definitely eight and a half out of ten very good where would where would you put it Oh man! I mean, you know, were were you a huge fan of the? I mean, you were you were blown away by the by the chocolatey and the and the espresso part, uh, as much as I was, I would think. But um, I mean, yeah. would you? How would you rate it? Uh, I'm struggling a little bit. Um, right. I I want to give it a really good rating, but I also want to dig into it a little bit more. Let it. Uh, you know, Mitch talked about the second pour. The, the second pour. Yeah. And I feel like this is one that definitely. It needs it. Which one was it? We one of the ones we had. Uh, one of the Irish whiskeys we had ha- didn't have. You know, he he, he kind of hated uh, the the first tasting of yeah Lavadia. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I was going to try to look it up. I've talked to him uh, this past week. Uh, since then, that bottle's empty. Oh, it's empty. <laughs> so he's gone back and visited and revisited. That was the one that was uh, like seventh best. Yes, uh, Irish whiskey. And he was, uh, God, I gotta look it up. Limavada. Limavada. Lima, Limavada. Does that sound right? That does sound right. As I've been building on and expanding out uh, our new website, I have added a page called The Liquor Cabinet. And I've kind of been adding all of the, the different whiskeys as we've been trying them. Limavadia. Limavadia. L I M A V A D Y. It's an uh, it's an Irish uh, single barrel. It's very good, and, and what I like about the uh, the liquor liquor cabinet tab on the on the website is you can uh, as you scroll through, you click on the picture and it'll take you right to their website. Yeah. So you can do all the reading, you can look through all the information that they have available on there, and you can also see what else they have from that distillery. Yeah, because you know more often than not, you're not just going to go um, to I mean, just like it's not as extensive as like the moonshines that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. They're going to have like thirty different flavors, but most distilleries are going to have uh, they're going to have four or five different offerings. They'll have cask strength. They'll have uh, different ages in the in the barrels. Yep, and they may even have different barrels that they've been aging in. So that's that's definitely one thing that I really like about the the website and how you have that set up. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I'm I'm continually trying to improve and add to what we've got there and you know, we're we're, we're still new to this and we're we're just getting started. So for now, I'm just kind of throwing uh the different whiskeys up on there as we try them. Here before too long, I want to be able to reorganize that a little bit better and maybe feature certain ones a little bit better but then be able to just have you know lists of hyperlinks or whatever so there everything will still be on there but organize it to where i can kind of give a little bit of preference to specific ones and 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 kind of go from there but you know still work in progress but but yeah everything we try here and are about to try You'll you'll see it appear up on our liquor cabinet. I just think that's a it's a really cool feature. Yeah, but back to you know, I, I'm still I'm struggling with this because I I really want to dig into this one a little bit more. They're, they're, the the flavors are, are just so unique to a to a rye. So unique, it absolutely needs a second pour. I'm also thinking too that I don't know if I think this one would work well as a cocktail. I love this one by itself, and I'm having a hard, because the espresso and chocolate notes are so unique to it. I'm having I'm, my my brain is trying to wrap its head around what cocktail would this work really well with, and I'm having a hard time come up with it. And that's not a bad thing. I, by, if, if, if you have a coffee inspired um, cocktail, I yeah, mean, maybe that's the key. Is it like a cold brew coffee with. Uh, Maybe not an Irish cream, but uh, some kind of creamer. It might just be, yeah. you know, your standard creamer, and uh, you know, nothing flavored because you want the flavors from this whiskey to be mm-hmm. bold and present. 
I think that hits hits the nail on the head right there is is finding a cocktail that really accents and plays with the Ari flavors that are there. Yeah, some that cocktails coffee, the can, chocolate can do with just you know a, a an average whiskey an average bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's just it's more about it being the ingredient to make the cocktail. You know, like with uh, we've talked before about old fashions. Like a lot of folks will just use whatever bourbon they got, but some people are very specific on which bourbons they sure. get used. So, uh, what I what I really like, just because I'm a nerd and I'm a head case about some of this stuff, is like if you're going to feature a uh, a specific whiskey, a bourbon, a scotch, it it should the cocktail should be. Um, designed around that mm, specific mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. to help accentuate its uh, what what it's got to give. Well, and, and, and it's you know it's eccentricities or whatever in, in its flavor profile. Like you were talking about earlier with uh, trying your uh, whiskey sour, yeah, using the Scotch sour formula did not work. Didn't work at all. And so you know back to that catering your cocktail around the specific whiskey and it might not have worked with with a scotch it i mean with just with just any old scotch like it it probably it may have had to be somewhat ballpark uh scotch specific because of um you know how you remember how uh we did the uh uh, the the peat monster Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. uh uh, compass box compass box thank you and it was uh it wasn't overly peaty at all it was there you could taste it yeah. but it wasn't so aggressive like a, you know like a, a a full you know peat forward scotch can be that might not have worked so well in the scotch uh in the scotch sour and neither would have the full bore you know peat punch you in the face uh, right, you know, offering a, a scotch could be. It had to be that middle ground, and I think that's what we found in that Highland, uh, that Highland Twelve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it would, it was perfect. I still think about it because it was just that damn good. Well, and and as I shared with you, I thought about it quite a bit this last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did. You sent me a message, just like this is number six, and then like two seconds later, it's like make that eight. And I'm like, man. I've been in band practice for 20 minutes, and you're over here getting blitzkrieged on Scotch sours. <laughs> I don't know if blitzkrieged is the right the right term to use on that, but so good. whatever. Yeah, so good. On a on a scale of one to ten, where would you put it? Just on. I mean, I know it's it's unfair to the tasting of this uh, Balcones Texas Rye, just because you've got like half a pour. Just because yeah. we, we we tried it in the taster. But you got a good nose, you got a good mouth on it. And I'm also thinking about the ones we have tried where we have kind of put a number to it. Yeah. I think I, I don't think I've given anything more than a seven. So I, I'm I'm leaning towards just kind of sticking with that seven. I'm trying to be very reserved okay. uh, on getting too high with that. Okay. But I think a, I, I think my, my seven is a really good seven. Yeah, this was this was really good. And, what would take it to an eight? And, and surprising too, because uh, like I mentioned on on the last one, when I read that this was a one year aged uh, rye whiskey, I immediately was like, "Man, this is gonna be gonna this be is gonna hot. be hot. It's 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 not gonna be developed. The the it's it's gonna be simple. There's not gonna be any level of complexity to this." And I really, really enjoyed it. It was hot, but it definitely was developed. It's complex. Yeah. And many subtle layers of flavor. So So you're sticking to a solid seven. Yeah. I'm I'm a little higher at a, like I'm, an eight, eight and a half. And I might push that up to a seven and a half. Like you, you you know, you you, you saw the, the one year age on it and I I immediately equate that to this is gonna be hot. It it's gonna be like jet fuel. And then when it said uh Fifty percent alcohol at a hundred proof. I'm like, it's going to be. There's, there's no no question about it. <laughs> right, We're going to get right. hit in the face with some heat, and it was there. It was definitely there, but it wasn't. It wasn't overpowering like like some can be, but it was definitely there. Like if you understand what kind of heat what kind of what that burn that we're talking about the heat that we're talking about is you know from the from the alcohol if you're used to that kind of thing coming from a one year 
or maybe a two one to three year whiskey you you know what to expect so that that wasn't a surprise for me i was expecting it to be there what i was not expecting was all that flavor right and i was happy with how it was there but it didn't stick around too long and just burn you all the way down into your stomach which most one years do Mm -hmm. but this was definitely a surprise and a pleasant surprise and i'm very happy that i tried it and i'm going to try this again yeah, I, I might have to just uh, go ahead and get the full bottle of this. Yeah, so dear listener, if you're looking for a, a somewhat complex rye whiskey. $39, $39, man. That's that's it's like a sore dick. You can't <laughs> beat it. Get, definitely look for this uh, Balcones Texas rye from you know the, the great state of Texas. It's uh it's got so much to offer from the cocoa and the and the and the chocolate notes and the in uh, the espresso that you smell and taste. Yeah. You just you can't go wrong with it. Like if you're if you're looking for something different and you like those things, definitely try this out. And if you have to cut it with half an ice cube, do so. But if you're used to a hot whiskey, you won't even you won't need it. You'll just be ready for it. You'll do it. Get it over with. You get it out of the way. <laughs> And you you can really experience everything that this has to offer. Grab me a sip of water. You know the the last couple that we were uh, trying were just aged at a year, so this one's a little bit different than that. This one comes to us from Indiana. It is uh, the Rossville Union Mastercrafted Straight Rye Whiskey that retails for right at fifty dollars. And this one is aged for five to seven years. Oh, wow. So I'm totally expecting this to be a little bit smoother. I would not, hope so. Not quite as hot, maybe. Uh, this one is uh, 47%, so that would be, what, 94 proof? Yeah, 94 proof. And the color on it, from what we've seen so far in the tester tube, it's it says uh, dark amber. I would I would call that dark amber. Yeah. It's definitely the the darkest out of the these three that we've been trying. So it says here in the uh, in the history notes on this, uh, a man by the name George Ross founded Ross and Squibb Distillery in 1847. Aside from a brief switch to industrial production during Prohibition, of course, what else are they going to do? <laughs> uh, it has been producing fine spirits continuously since then. Through a series of mergers and acquisitions, it has been owned by Seagram's. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Pernod? Pernod? P-E-R-N-O-D? Pernod. Pernod Richard? And others over the years. But since 2011, it has been the flagship of Luxco, one of the largest producers of producers of whiskey, gin, and other spirits. Let's get this poured. Pour it over there next to the microphone. Very Sounds nice, good. Nice. Sounds like it's got a good pour going on in there i've been really happy with your uh, your your rye selection that was sent to you of course i'm i'm a fan of of rye whiskey so so there's that i think last time we t- we uh i talked a little bit about ones that i enjoy and are kind of my go-to rise what are uh, some of yours uh a go-to rye for me would be uh bullet bourbon or not bullet bourbon a uh, bullet rye it's made by bullet it's you know you it, it sits on the shelf right next to Bullet, Bo- Bullet Bourbon. I, I really like it. Uh, I also love uh, Basil Hayden Dark Rye. Mm. It's mm-hmm. um, it, it had, I've said this before, it's been compared to Jet Fuel, but that's just because <laughs> it's got a high proof, and it's I think it's like right at 100 proof, so it's going to be hot. I mean, once you get past that, the taste is something else. But um, my dad used to have this sailing, saying, I'm, I'm sure he still does have this saying, once you get past the smell, you've got it licked. <laughs> no, that doesn't apply. Uh, that 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 can apply to several things, <laughs> but uh, uh, when it comes to um, like hot uh, whiskeys and bourbons and that things of that nature, spirits of that nature, it it definitely applies. Man, so for the nose, I'm not pulling any rye off of this nose. I'm I'm pulling caramel. I'm pulling actual definitely. apple and vanilla. Yeah, vanilla. Like to me, it smells an awful lot like just your old standard Jim Beam. And I wasn't expecting that from a rye. Hopefully, the uh, the mouth will be a completely different taste. What are you pulling off of this? Pretty much the same thing. Uh, a lot of vanilla, some caramel. There's definitely a fruitiness to it. 
Maybe that is apple. Let's uh, let's get a little but taste yeah. on the on the mouth here. I'm with you though. I'm I'm not pulling any of the rye. The rye is on the mouth. The rye is on the mouth. That yep, was there. It is okay. That okay. The heat on this one traveled down into the mm-hmm. into the stomach, which um, the other offerings you had on the uh, yeah. on the sample pack sent to you didn't. However, this one on the back end has a lot more apple. It was uh, it wasn't caramel forward, but it was present. Uh, the rye was there also. Now, what did the website tell us that it's supposed to smell like and taste like here? It says uh, on the nose we should have a a aroma is bold with rye spice, dried fruit, nutmeg, and cinnamon. Well, uh, my nose completely skipped cinnamon and nutmeg, but maybe the apple that I thought I was smelling was the dried fruit. Yeah. It doesn't specify which dried fruit mm-hmm. it smells like, but it says here on the... Maybe that's more like a fruit cake. Maybe. Maybe. It says here on the on your on your notes here on the, on the mouth, the texture is smooth <laughs> with a light smokiness over dried fruits, toffee, caramel, and toffee. It, toffee's a flavor that, yep, that I had on the mouth. Is. Caramel and vanilla. And you were right. I called caramel. You called vanilla. We both tasted toffee, but didn't know how to... I think there is a little bit of a smokiness to it. You, you're, you're getting smoky off of this? Just a little bit of a hint. It says on the finish, the finish is medium length with hints of cocoa and smoke. And I'm not getting either of those on the finish. I'm not either. I'm pulling a light rye, a little something aromatic that I can't quite identify yet, but um, oakiness. It's it's got it's it doesn't say anything about oak in these notes, but I can smell the oak and and I can I can taste the oak. I'm I'm pulling sweetness like vanilla e sweetness on the finish, and uh, it it's kind of sweet. I don't I don't taste anything citrusy in this like I would taste with with Jim Beam, but it's kind of hard to describe. It's probably Huh. Stumped is what I am. This is one of those one of those whiskeys that um, it doesn't taste the way it smells. No, we've we've had. I'm, I'm surprised by how how common that is uh, with just the the small amount of whiskeys and bourbons that we've tried here on the podcast. I'm surprised by how uh, how common that that has been with the the the. Uh, the distance between taste and, and, and smell goes. Yeah, this says the the blend is well-balanced, aged five to seven years in new oak and bottled after a very nice 47% AVE. I wonder if the new oak is what, what's giving it the, the oakiness that I'm tasting. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. But yeah, there's there's the rye, and then there's that mellow sweetness after the uh, after the burn kind of fades away. Very interesting. This one I think would go great in a cocktail, mm-hmm. not just because it it lacks a, a complexity that some other rye whiskeys uh, have and are known for. It's a, it's a it's a decent rye whiskey, I think. And at fifty bucks, it might be a little high on the price point, but I think uh, some of the lower shelf rye whiskeys aren't going to have some of the uh, of the tastes like toffee and uh dried mm-hmm, fruits mm-hmm. and even the light smokiness that i have i have yet to taste with it i would think if you're looking to at least try something and if you have the extra money laying around why not try it absolutely yeah i, th- I think out of uh the three i think this is maybe my least favorite of the three in your sample pack that included the copper fox rye this uh this offering this rossville union mastercrafted straight rye whiskey and the balcones texas rye this is definitely my least favorite. Now I wouldn't pour it in and taste it and like be offended that my friend offered me this. <laughs> I would drink it and I would enjoy it because I I still enjoy it. But uh, you know, if I were if I were you know walking down the the whiskey aisle and I recognized it, I probably wouldn't pick it up over something yeah. else. Because the the Basil Hayden Rye whiskey, uh, dark rye, is uh, I think it was like right at forty four dollars. This is, you know, roughly fifty. Save myself a few, a few bucks and get a, a better rye whiskey. I think, but that's just going off of memory. <coughs> I, I haven't had the Basil Hayden dark rye in oh maybe a couple years. I do like the Basil Hayden. Have you had their their rye, or have you have you just had the Basil Hayden? It's been a minute since I've had the rye, but I have had it. 
and I have had the just the regular bourbon. Okay, I haven't had the regular bourbon. It's it's good. It's yeah? really good. And it makes a fantastic cocktail. Mm. Yeah, I was just trying to read over the the notes on here to see if we could pick up if we could glean any more information off of it, but so far it just says the Rossville Union line of rye whiskeys is named after the original distillery in Lawrenceburg. Rossville Union Mastercrafted Straight Rye Whiskey is the first release created from just 159 of two core mash bills from the MGP lineup. The first is 95% rye and 5% malted barley to deliver a nice rye kick. The second is a 51% rye, 45% corn, and 4% malted barley to provide a, a balance of sweetness. And I'm getting the sweetness. I'm getting the rye. Maybe some of that smokiness that I thought I was tasting in hindsight is the barley Mm -hmm. if you're familiar dear listener if you're familiar with a barley forward type beer uh then then you know what to expect but this isn't barley forward as far as a a a whiskey goes and it goes on to say here the the blend is well balanced aged five to seven years in new oak and bottled at a very nice 47 percent abv (laughs) and i just now realized you already read that (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't okay. say I'm. I wouldn't say I'm disappointed with this. Uh, I'd put it up there with. Uh, I would call it decent. It's not a showstopper for me. It's mm-hmm. it's not gonna it's not gonna headline the uh, the festival, so to speak. It's funny because as I was kind of going through and comparing the notes between these three, kind of making my assumptions uh, ahead of the tastings. This is the one that I thought was going to be the one that shined. Because of the extra... Just because of the extra, yeah, the, the extra time uh, aging them. Uh, I was expecting it to uh, be a little bit fuller, a uh, little bit more uh, complex flavors. But in taste and what you get on the palate, to my surprise, the two one-years that we tried were pretty fantastic and very drinkable. Yeah. And this is just two individual people's uh, opinion on this uh, i mean you might go out and, and try it and have a, a a completely different experience with it like uh, i i wholeheartedly agree with the extra aging i expected it to be less hot and it was twice as hot as uh, the other two i think yeah. especially since the burn made its way all the way to the stomach uh, it's lacking complexity uh, of flavor uh, in comparison to the other two but by itself which is i think what we what we should evaluate this, not compare it to other things, but evaluate it to itself, for lack of better terminology with my limited intellect and vocabulary. <laughs> I, I find this a very mid-range-ish in, in a non-hateful or non-meaning-to-be-offensive way towards all the hard work mm-hmm. that these folks have put into their product. I, would, I mean, if I gave it a 1 to 10, I'd probably put it at a, I hate to say it, you know, a, a 5 or a 6. But that's just that's just my opinion. Yep. And feel free to send your your hate mail, uh, your your email. <laughs> forward that to uh, Jonathan at, at SaverTheBurn.com. That's just my opinion. And opinions are like assholes. Everybody's <laughs> got one, and they all stink. But unlike uh, unlike opinions, this 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 whiskey it doesn't stink. It's not it's not a it's not a shit whiskey. It does have a complexity that. And I'm going to go back on what I just said, not to compare it to other things, but. I mean, if you if you compared it to uh, my one of my old standards, Jim Beam, um, it's very similar, but it's not. It's definitely more complex, especially after the taste. Uh, when you when it gets yeah. when it reaches the yeah. mouth, and and the finish on it, it's not night and day difference, but it is different and it's noticeably mm-hmm. different. And I I like it. I don't love it. I like it. That's why I'm putting it at the five and, and at yeah. the six. Yeah, I agree, and I'm right there with you. Yeah, five six. It's probably where this is. Yeah, and I I would think we do we both agree that this would work great in some form of a cocktail. I think so. There's definitely enough there that a cocktail would would help elevate it mm-hmm. and take it into some some different directions. And yeah, speaking of different directions, uh, uh, trying to do a little show prep uh, for this round of tastings, um, I I looked up. Uh, I tried to Google like rye specific cocktails, uh, cocktail recipes or whatever, yeah. and and you did the same. You sent mm-hmm. me a couple of different compilations, you know, seventeen best and top thirty, you know, different things. And while uh, 
most of the recipe ideas that were in those in those um, articles were essentially the same thing, just like with a little bit of different flavor, a little different twist. Like some might have the cherry, some might have an orange peel. Mm-hmm. Like how do you use the orange peel? Like do you do you twist it and rub it around the edge? Not everybody does that. Like do you shake it with ice or you just pour it straight in and stir it? Right. Shake it, not stirred. <laughs> but like it, there's there's a hundred different kinds of of uh, or maybe even a thousand different kinds of uh, cocktail recipes that you could use something like this. I think it it might be fun to take this whiskey from Rossville Union, this uh, mastercrafted straight rye whiskey, and um, try to find a a recipe, a cocktail recipe that really makes it shine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we talked about with that uh, Balcones. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with with that, it's it's. I mean, you could taste the build the, the cocktail the espresso, around it. Build yeah, build the cocktail around the whiskey. You know, maybe just because it's not the prettiest whiskey, it's uh, what it has to offer takes other influences to really make its uniqueness shine. And yeah. it is unique. It is it is a unique no. whiskey. I just for the life of me, I I just can't brainstorm on the fly to uh think of <laughs> what what cocktail it would it would uh would would complement it hey on another other no- than an old-fashioned maybe sure sure that always works on another note i don't know if you noticed or not but a couple days ago our good buddy carl Lowe sent us a voicemail message on our uh on our podcast okay i remember seeing you you said something about like uh uh, you sent me something on the voicemail. That was the one link that I didn't click. Like of, of all the things that you sent me, are, are we about to listen to his voicemail? Oh, you want to? Think I don't. <laughs> 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 For all of you hearing us talk about Carlo and his uniquely deep voice, I'm looking forward to hearing this. As the king, I'd like to have you keep my name out of your mouth in regards to your mother's milk and my mother's milk. This is a dumb thing. Hey, it's Carl. Fun <laughs> podcast. I've listened to all the episodes now. Gee, maybe someday after you guys are done making fun of me and my my sex-in-a-canoe Miller Lite, uh, you'll have me on. I snorted. And I can tell my story about how the Miller Lite keeps the voices away. <laughs> <laughs> Carlo, you are more than welcome to be on this podcast anytime. And we'll talk about Miller Lite and your mother's milk mother's all you milk. want. Yeah, he's he's the kind of dude that he'll drink whiskey, but he just drinks it to get drunk. Like he doesn't he doesn't care about all the notes and all the flavors and all the all the all the you know everything else about it. He just wants to drink it and get drunk. And so many people are like that, and that's yeah. a okay with me. I think while we were at the uh, West Bottom whiskey company i think he kind of wanted to say do you got a miller light <laughs> <laughs> what kind of beer do you have <laughs> do you have it on the bottom shelf now in that in that voicemail it, it cut a lot of the low end out of his voice didn't it <laughs> i was like that's really carl and then when he said it's carlo i'm like okay that's that's definitely him yeah we'll definitely bring uh carlo over and have him on yeah or maybe we go over there to him because he's got that fire pit and he's the one that taught us to put uh peanut butter cups on s'mores man yeah his birthday's coming up here uh soon smash that peanut butter cup Mm -hmm. in between Mm -hmm. that marshmallow and And that graham cracker cracker. Mm. and crack open your miller light (laughs) right (laughs) to each their own yes sir I, i think though if i could drink most beers i'd don't think I would go to that one. I'm a fan of uh, the Dragon's Milk. It's like a, a milk stout. That one's really good. Uh, I can't really. Have you had the barrel age version of? I have. I've seen it on the on the shelf. It is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the Rossville Union Master Crafted Straight Rye Whiskey, out of uh, the the good state of Indiana. So you give this a five, and I give this a five, maybe five and a half. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts on this bad boy? I don't. I really I, don't either. I, no. I I think we pretty much hit every nail on the head with uh, with this one. Yeah, n- not a bad whiskey, um, but you know, just it's not bad. It's not the best. 
it might be worth the money uh, to, uh, I mean, it's 50 bucks. It's not going to make you or, or, or break you. You know, it, it might be worth the money to you because uh, as with any of, any of the things that, that we try here and we talk about here on Savor the Burn podcast, it's just our opinion. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I mean, that, that's just it. You, you know, you talk about that one's got a, a $50 retail value on there. The one before that, that the Balcones, yeah. th- that was a $39 bottle. 39 and it blew you know, our minds. Yeah, the, the price points, in, and we've talked about, you know, that price point. Mm-hmm. Um, and It's not always indicative to the taste. What, yeah, what does that price to point what mean? what you're getting. And, you know, the more expensive does not equate to the better bourbon, the better mm-hmm. rye. Everyone's tastes are different also. So, Absolutely. So what I deem as a good quality tasting bourbon is not going to be the same as the next guy, mm-hmm. you, you know, whoever. Putting those price points where they match up with your taste and your expectations aren't always there. And so... They're not always going to line up. Right. Well... Dear listener, thank you for listening to the Savor the Bird podcast. That's all we have for this episode. Thank you for listening, and uh, be sure to check us out on all other podcast apps, such as Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google, Samsung, and many, many more. Check us out the uh, fantastic website, savortheburn.com. Find us on all socials. Please follow us and like our shit. (laughs) Hit the blue thumb. Uh, smash the heart button anywhere you can find us we need the follows and we need the feedback and speaking of feedback you can email uh, info at savortheburn.com you can email me personally at jonathan at savortheburn.com you can email wayne at w2 at savortheburn.com and uh, once again thank you so much for listening keep on burning keep on burning fuck (laughs) that's what it is shit okay okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shit. Okay. And keep on burning. <laughs>